All right. You have your Bibles. Please turn with me to Matthew chapter 28, verse 19 and 20. Matthew chapter 28, verse 19 and verse 20. This morning, we're going to continue to talk about a topic that we've spoken about for this whole quarter, and that's evangelism. That's simply reaching out, getting outside of our four walls, getting outside of ourselves, and connecting with someone else. Oh, man, I tell you, it's exciting when you can see when you go up to a person, you just invite them to church, or you're just, you know, just being friendly and saying hello, and they respond back. Man, it's a wonderful thing. And so what happens, though, a lot of times, realize this, it's not easy. It's very challenging, wouldn't you say? Of course it is, because some people are given to that. And then again, there are those that's like, I am not given to just talking to strangers. But I want to show you today through the Bible, through the Word of God, how there's practical ways that, that you can reach out to people and let them know that you care about them and then pray for them and believe that they'll respond. They'll respond to the message of Christ. They'll respond to the Word of God. And so we've prayed. Have you found Matthew chapter 28, verse 19 and 20? Now, As we begin to look at this familiar verse, let me say this. Here's the setup. Here's the backdrop. Here's where we are right now. Jesus has been crucified. I mean, he has been crucified, died, he's been buried, and now he's risen from the dead. And here he is, and I want you to see yourself, put yourself right now, right in the very present. See yourself with the disciples when Jesus is visiting them. And he's telling them for for the last time before he goes to heaven, he's giving them a charge. He's giving you a charge. And you're in the, in the midst of the congregation, and you're excited about it. And you're like, you're like, wow, he what he said was true, and he's alive. And now he's saying, here's what I want you to do. Here's what I want you to do. I want to send you to do. I have a plan for your life. And so the title of our message is this. It's go time. Everybody say, it's go time. And what that simply means that it's time to get up and go. It's time to move out. It's time to do what God has called us to do. It's not time to sit on, as as I like to say, our blessed assurance. Come on, somebody. And just be comfortable and happy. But it's time to get up. It's time to go. It is go time. So let's look together. Let's read it from the top, beginning right here in verse 16. It says this. Then the 11 disciples went to Galilee, to the mountain where Jesus had told them to go. When they saw him, they worshiped him, but some doubted. Then Jesus came to them and said, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Therefore, go. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, verse 20, and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you, and surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. Those are comforting words. Those are challenging words. Jesus is saying to us, I believe this morning, go. I'll be with you, but go. Yes, I'm challenging you, but go. Tell someone the story. Tell someone my story. Do you know what's so exciting about witnessing the people? That every one of you here this morning, you have a story. And it's your story. And God has touched your life. He has blessed you. What better way to just simply share from your heart what God means to you? Share from your heart what God has done you know, for you. It's a wonderful opportunity. But I understand this, that sometimes when we talk about evangelism, 
oh, man, it's like, I don't know if I can do this. I really don't know because this is not really my strong suit. In fact, when I get around people sometimes, man, I just don't know, and I don't want to be discouraged. So I know what the Bible says, but what can I do? Well, I want you this morning to just relax. Don't be discouraged, and don't allow any pressure to come upon you about witnessing. It is so easy, and it's going to be fun. See it as being fun. See it as telling your story. So don't be uncomfortable. I want you to sit in the chair and go, oh, man, here we go again. He's talking about witnessing. Well, we're going to continue to do that because that's who we are. Amen? We have to go and tell the story. So, But here's what I have for you this morning. I'm going to give you some tools. I'm going to give you some practical tools that are going to help you to evangelize, help you to go and help you to tell your story and to tell his story to everyone that you meet. So let's look at our first tool this morning. Here's your first tool. I give, I've given you notes, and this will be blanks as we go along. But for right now, pray. That's right. Very simple. Pray. How do I evangelize? Pray for people. Pray for your loved ones. Pray for your friends. Let's look at it together in your notes. It says this. Romans chapter 10, if you haven't turned there, go ahead and turn there. And as you're turning there, I'll share that with you. But in your notes, it says, brethren, my heart's desire and prayer to God for Israel is that they may be saved. Oh, think about this. What is your heart's desire? I say this all the time. You have friends because you look friendly. I mean, I know you have family members, you have cousins, you have, you know, nieces and uncles and aunts, and you just have, you know, people that are in your lives. And then what Paul is saying as we, as we read this together, see Paul praying before the Father, and he's praying, and he's saying to, to, to the brethren that he's talking to, fellow believers, my heart's desire and prayer to God for Israel is that they may be saved. Is that your desire? You see, in your notes it says this, the first thing to do whenever you're faced with a challenge, notice this, is to pray. Is that what we do? That's what we should do. Let me encourage you. If you're faced with a challenge this morning, you know, don't look around and try to figure out what can I do. Come up with a plan. Trying to figure out what so-and-so says, that person says, that person did. Look at the experience of other people's lives. Listen, those things are okay. But let me tell you this. Let me tell you this. The first thing you want to do when you're faced with a challenge, pray. Pray. Seek God. Seek wisdom. Seek insight. And when you pray, now here's the challenging part, listen. Come on now. Do what? Listen. Because what happens a lot of times is this, we pray. But when we pray, what we don't do is we don't hang out enough with God and listen to what he's saying to us. Man, we'll get down on our knees, we'll spend time praying, we'll be seeking God, and the next thing we're done, and guess what? We get up and go, just like a child just gets out and runs and has fun. But then God wants to speak to you this morning. See, God wants to talk to you. So when you pray, notice, it's just not just you talking to God, but it's also God speaking and talking to you, talking to me. And so we have to just sit still long enough. Sometimes we get anxious. Has anybody ever been anxious before? Sure we have. It's because especially when it's a need right before us, God, I need to know right now. I've got to have an answer right now. And so what we'll do is we'll pray. And get up and say, okay, Lord, well, you heard me pray. And then all of a sudden we switch gears. Instead of just being still, everybody say be still. That's right. And listen. So there's the challenge. Pray. But the challenge is this. Having the heart of God, the compassion of God, rise up on the inside of you. 
to care for someone that you see. That doesn't mean that they have to be down and out. They can be up and out. But it's praying for someone that has a need. And then also remembering where you came from. Remember what God did for you. Remember how God brought you out. You see, someone was praying for you. Someone was caring for you. Someone was seeking God's face for you. And so we see here, sharing Jesus with our friends. No one said that it was going to be easy, but turn in your Bibles. Turn in your Bibles to Matthew chapter 9, verse 37 and 38. Again, I'm giving you three tools, tools that's going to help you to go and share the gospel, that's going to help you to evangelize, and then therefore for you to be relaxed, have fun, enjoy, and tell your story. Matthew chapter 9, verse 37 Sharing Jesus with your friends and your family and neighbors and even the mailman, the postman, you know, is going to be a challenge. But notice what Jesus said. Here's what he said in verse 37 of Matthew chapter 9. He said this to his disciples. He said, the harvest is plentiful, but the workers are few. This is Jesus talking to his disciples. And he says, look, the harvest, look at all the people. There's so many people, the harvest is plenteous, but the laborers are few. Where are the laborers? Where are those who are going to reach across the lines, cross the street, knock on your neighbor's door? Where are the laborers that's going to talk to your coworkers, talk to family members? This is what Jesus is saying. Yes, we can look throughout Gainesville and the surrounding area, and we see people. We talk to people. We're rubbing shoulders and brushing against elbows all day long, and they don't know God. The harvest is plenteous, but the laborers are few. And then he said something very profound to me. Jesus said, ask the Lord of the harvest. Ask him. You know what asking is? It's praying prayer. Ask the Lord of the harvest to do what? Look together with me. He says, therefore, to send out workers into his harvest field. You know that God is interested in workers. God is interested in you. God is interested in me. I mean, when he created this thing called the earth, when he created the world, when he created man, that his desire was for man to worship him. And we understand as we look at biblical history what happened, the fall of man. And then we understand what Jesus did as he came to bridge back that relationship to Father God. But then there are still those who are out there. There are those who are, who are hungry, those who have been separated from God, separated. And then on the inside of them, there's this aching void. There's this one place on the inside that cannot and will not only be filled by the love of God. It cannot be filled by anything else. And so Jesus is saying, you ask, you pray for the Lord. You pray to the Lord of the harvest. So that means that's his, this is his harvest. This is his creation. And as we pray to the Lord of the harvest, for what? To send out workers into his harvest field. Can you say amen to that? Now let me say this to you. Let me say this to you. Guess who the workers are? Okay, I heard... I heard, guess who the workers are? Thank you. We're the workers. I mean, we're the ones that we, Lord, so when you pray, remember, you're praying, you're praying for who? You. 
See, a lot of times when we pray, we think like, okay, Lord, I pray for workers. I thank you, Father God, for that, you, that workers will go out into the harvest and that you just use them and, and bless them and increase them. And then you go, oh, Lord, I'm praying for myself. That's right. A lot of times when we're praying for laborers, sometimes we're thinking that we're just praying for someone else and not us. But when you pray, remember, you're praying for God to use you. You're praying for God to bless you. Pray in your notes. It says this, pray with purpose. Pray with purpose. And let me give you a challenge. Let me give you a challenge. I want to give you today a 30-day challenge. And in 30 days, here's what I'd like for you to do. Seek, seek God. Ask God to show you Someone in your family, some, a friend, a neighbor, or someone that you and I know, that you know, I'm doing the same thing, that you know that needs Christ. 30 days and pray for him. 30 days. It's like what we call a hit list, man. Put them on the hit list and pray for them. Come on and say, and say, Lord, I'm praying for this person and, and I, they need God. And you are gonna, you're going to commit to it. Take this 30-day challenge. I will tell you, as you seek God's face, as you earnestly, earnestly ask God to move, earnestly ask God to touch that person's life, I believe he'll answer your prayers. I said, I believe he'll answer your prayers. And so will you do that? I'm telling you. And then let me know, because I'm going to be asking, are you praying? Are you praying? And then I'm going to be I'm gonna be challenging you. And so, but here's the thing I want you to see in this verse. You see where it says here, as we read, that brethren, my heart's desire and prayer. Do you see that word prayer there? Listen, actually, when we look at the Greek word translation for prayer, in this verse is diosis. It says diosis. You know what that simply means? To plead. To plead. Let me ask you a question. When was the last time that you earnestly were pleading for someone? I mean pleading, crying out. Asking God to touch their lives. You see, pray, see when we pray, we're praying. And I, and I thank God that we can pray. But then when we're pleading for someone's life, we're saying, Lord, you've got to come through. You've got to touch them. You've got to minister to them. I'm pleading. and I'm, I'm, just, I'm just on my knees asking you, Father, do this for them. Because if you don't intervene right now, I don't know what's going to happen to them. See, that's, that's pleading for a family member. Pleading for your co-workers. Pleading for someone. Paul is pleading to the Lord here. And as we do that, you'll see that as you begin to plead to God for your friends, for your family, and for people that you know, there's some things I want to give you to specifically pray for. Let's look at our notes together. Here's what you want to specifically pray for. Number one, in your notes. Pray for God to reveal. Now, you're pleading for this person. Pray for God to reveal himself to the person you want to talk to. That's the first thing we do. Lord, reveal. Show yourself. You know, I like to pray this way. Father, I pray that the eyes of their understanding, the Ephesians prayer, that the eyes of their understanding would be open so that they'll begin to know you, see you, experience you in their lives. Reveal yourself to them now. You see, because what happens also, I pray, Lord, send someone across their path. Send someone across their path. Remember we said laborers. Send a laborer across their path. Do you know 
that there's people that you'll witness to that I'll never be able to witness to, that there's people that you connect with that I'll never be able to connect with. Why? Because there's just something about you. It's how God created you. It's how God fashioned you. And that person, those persons will be drawn to you. They'll be drawn. And it seems like it's so easy. But then if you take, if you take me and I come along and they go look at me and they go, no, I don't relate. I don't connect. There's something that's no, no connection. That's fine. But the Lord sends someone that connects. Send someone that's relatable. Send someone that maybe has been through some of the same things that they've been through. There's people like that out there. And there's people just like you. And all we have to do is plead. Plead for them. It's just like when we pray, you know, we plead the blood of Jesus. I plead the blood of Jesus over them. When you pray, you plead over them for their lives to be changed. Because what would we do if tomorrow was not promised to any of them? If we step outside the doors, and right now on this campus, there's basketball that's taking place and kids running around and moms and dads and people are having fun. But what if tomorrow was not promised to these people? Wow. What would we do? What would you do? And how earnestly would you pray would we just say, Lord, just bless them and go on our way? Or would we seriously get on our knees? Would we seriously create this 30-day, I mean, list, praying for 30 days for people, for their lives to change and to plead to God and to check up on these individuals and let them know, I'm praying for you. I'm praying for you. There's people that I know that are not saved, and I have them in my phone because we're friends, and, and I'll just send, some, occasionally I'll get a text from them, and they're, they're going through things, and then I'll, I'll share with them a text about, you know, what's going on in, in my life and their lives and what's happening, and then I'll say, I'm praying for you, and I pray. Don't say you're going to pray for someone and don't pray. Come on now, don't do that. When you say you're going to pray for someone, you, right now, you begin to pray. And for, in fact, I like this. This is, is, is not really funny, but it's, it's good to do this. Because what happens is when people come to you, and you can tell how real that they are at that moment, at that time, and they, they stop you, and they say, will you pray for me? They say, I'm going through that. They start saying, I'm going through this, I'm going through that, and I'm going through these issues in my life. And then you say, let's pray. And you know if they go, well, you know, I got to be looking at their watch. Hold on now. Wait a minute. Because see, if you're that earnest and sincere and want prayer, then let's pray right now. Let's seek God right now. But then if they're not, that's okay. Here's what you do. Pray for them anyways and say, I'm still praying for you. And then pray for an opportunity. Pray for a time where you can connect and meet. If it's not you, someone else perhaps. Perhaps someone else. Number two. Number two. Here's what we want to specifically pray for. Pray for God to prepare and soften the person's heart. Oh, God, soften their heart so that they can come to know you. Do you know there's many hearts of people that have been hardened, that have been hurt, that have just been abused, that have been, I mean, so many things have happened to them in their lives and their hearts have become hardened to the truth. And because they become hardened, they become hardened to the gospel. And because of that, what happens, it takes time. I said it takes time. So we don't give up. I mean, you talk to someone, you're praying for them. Don't give up on them. I always say this, don't give up on them because God will never give up on you. I mean, think about if God ever gave up on you. Oh, if God ever gave up on me, oh, Lord, come on. Am I right? Sure. So don't 
give up on anybody. I encourage you, pray for them and, and, and believe God for change. But here's what we do. Again, pray that their heart would be softened so that they'll receive the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. Pray for soft hearts. Number three, pray for God to provide. Listen, pray for God to provide opportunities. Someone say, man, Pastor, Pastor Maurice, I don't know about that, man. You're talking about praying for God to provide opportunities for me? Whoa, that's like, whoa, that's, that's too much. But, but listen, when you pray for God to provide opportunities for you to minister to people, he will place you in the right place at the right time with the right person that needs help in their lives. Pray. Pray. And then four in your notes, pray for God to give you boldness. Yes, we need boldness. I understand that. And it's a challenge, but pray for God to give you boldness to share the love of Christ everywhere you go. I mean, you could be pumping gas, and somebody comes out, and they're like pumping gas next, next to you, and you're just talking, you know, and they, next thing you know, you strike up a conversation, and all of a sudden, you begin to talk about where you go to church or, you know, you know where you work. And then there's an interest. There's a conversation. There's a dialogue taking place tools to evangelize, tools to evangelism. Number two, here's the second tool of evangelism. The second tool of evangelism in your notes is pursue. Now that word pursue means to chase. Oh man, I'm pursuing that person. Remember that 30 day list? I'm pursuing him. I'm pursuing her. I'm chasing after, just like God chases after us, just like God, because he loves us. He pursues you. He pursues us. We should pursue people and chase after them. Don't let them get away. Don't let them get away because they're crying out. They're hurting. They're needing help. And we, of all people, because we are children of God, we should actually pursue them, chase after them, and never let them get away. But how can we pursue? How do we pursue? There's one thing to say, pursue, but how? Well, I'm glad you asked. Turn in your Bibles with me. Turn to 1 Corinthians chapter 9. 1 Corinthians chapter 9, and we're looking at a few verses, highlighting verse 22. But verses 19 through 23 will give us, I believe, a great example of how to pursue. How to pursue. How do I go after people? How do I minister to those I don't even know? And Paul begins to share with us ways in which he did. Imagine, here's Paul. We know what he dealt with in his life. We know at one time that he was, he was actually arresting believers, followers of Christ, throwing them in jail because he was, they weren't going the normal way that he thought everybody should go. But God, oh, and thank God, on the road of Damascus, got Paul's attention. And he, listen, listen, and then all of a sudden a divine invitation, impartation took place. And the Lord began to share with Paul, I have a plan for your life. Do you know what? God has a plan for your life. He has a plan for my life. And he wants to use us. But then how can he use us? How do we brush shoulders up against different people that we know and we don't know? Paul says it this way. Begin looking with me in verse 19. He says this. Though I am free and belong to no man, I make myself a slave to everyone to win as many as possible. To the Jews, I became like a Jew to win the Jews. To those under the law, I became like one under the law. Though I myself am not under the law, so as to win those under the law. Verse 21. 
To those not having the law, I became like one not having the law, though I am not free from God's law, but am under Christ's law. So to win those not having the law. Verse 22. To the weak, I became weak to win the weak. I have become all things to all men so that by all possible means, I might save some. Oh, that's exciting. How do we do this, Lord? And then verse 23. I, listen, I do all this. This is very important. Now, this is the key. I do all this for the sake of the gospel that I may share in its blessings. But notice this about Paul. I put this in your notes. That he didn't change his core beliefs. You see, even though Paul was ministering to all these different people, Jews and Gentiles, listen, he did not change his core beliefs. You can witness to people who are not saved. That doesn't mean that you have to act like them. I should have got an amen on that. Much better than that. Don't change your core beliefs. Secondly, he didn't, listen, he didn't sin, in your notes, in his efforts to reach the lost. You don't have to sin in your efforts to reach, reach. Well, it says that I should become all things to all people. So I'm going to just go ahead and be like them. That's not what it's saying here. See, it's not saying compromise your core beliefs. What it's simply saying is be relatable, be, be able to reach out, be able to connect, be available, be there for prayer, be there to listen, become available for all people. But don't change your core beliefs. Don't have to sin to reach the loss. And then thirdly in your notes, He did whatever it took so that some might be one. Think about it. What will it take? Does it mean getting up early in the morning? Getting on your knees? Does it take staying up late at night and praying? Whatever it takes. Paul is saying, I will do whatever it takes so that some may be one. So the challenge is for us, when we're talking about evangelism, when we're talking about crossing the pathway of our neighbors and people we don't know, what are we willing to do? Are we willing to change our lives so that someone can be one? It's the question. It's the question we must all ask ourselves. What am I willing to do? And I thank God for all of you. You've been, I know I've talked to several of you. You've been inviting friends. You've been inviting your neighbors. You've been inviting your coworkers. Thank God. God, continue to do it because that's who we are as believers. That's what we've been called to do. That's what we've been set apart to do is to reach out to the loss that someone, someone might be saved. Oh, I said this before, and I'll say it again. You see, on the other side, perhaps we may not see this, but there's, there's members here. There's, there, there's members of this community years ago that probably came to go to school, years ago that probably came to work. They left their homes wherever they came from. They may have come from a church. They came from an up, upbringing, a spiritual upbringing, and then they got away from God. And I know this, that there's people, there's mamas, there's praying mamas, there's praying daddies, there's praying grandmamas and, and, and granddads for their children, believing that someone on the other side of their prayers, they're pleading for laborers to cross their paths. And how exciting is that for the Lord to choose you, for the Lord to choose me to be on the other side of that person's prayer? It's, it's a setup, man. It's already set up. All we have to do is open our mouths and just share the love of God. Isn't that exciting? I'm telling you, it's not hard. It's just so practical. It's like just be in the right position at the right time, be available, and let God use you. That's what it's all about. 
I mean, that's what it's all about. Let's look at the third tool. Here's the third tool. Very simple. I believe that'll help you. Persuade. Persuade. We talked about prayer, that we must pray. We talked about pursuing, which is to chase. Let's look at the third tool of evangelism. Here it is. Persuade. That is simply this, to convince them of something. Have you ever dealt with something in your life that you knew you were so, if I use this term, dogmatic about it? You were so, you were so, I mean, you had compassion about it. You believed in it and you were going to convince someone. That's what it means to persuade, to convince them. And I'm making my appeal to you this morning is to convince them about the gospel to convince them that Jesus loves them, to convince them that God has a plan for their lives. That's what it means to persuade, to persuade. The third tool is really your plan of action. Man, we have to get a plan of action. Say plan of action. And then here's three I want to give you. Number one, here's your plan of action. Here's what you want to have happen. Notice, attend. Here's the plan of action. You want to have those you are talking to, am I right, to attend church. That's your plan. So when you write down your 30 days, you're praying, say, Lord, here's my plan of action. I'm praying for so-and-so, and I'm believing for them to attend church. Number one, that's your plan. And then in doing that, for them to attend church, we understand this, that you're going to go after them. You're, you're going to be praying for them. Now, this may be the most difficult part, but, but this is this is your heart's desire. I've got to get them to service. I've got to get them to church. Attend. And, and, so, and understand this. Here's why. There's two purposes. And this may not be in your notes, but write this down in your notes if you're writing notes. There's two purposes why you want them to attend. One, you want to introduce them to other Christians. You want to introduce them to other people that love God. That maybe perhaps people that they would connect with. They go, wow. And here's what happens. I see myself in that person. There's something about him. There's something about her that we connect. So you want to pray for them to meet other Christians. And secondly, secondly, you want to be able to show them exactly what to expect when they come to church. And so by having them attend church, it's not like, man, I heard this and I heard that and church. Sometimes it's all crazy and all that. But no, when they come and they see, no, it's not crazy. Man, these are just regular people just like me. They love God. Wow, this is exciting. I'm going to continue to come. I'm going to continue to come. That's attend. And then secondly, secondly, become a Christian. This is your plan of action. You want them to attend, but then you want them also to become a Christian. I'm talking about those that do not know God. You want them to become a Christian. Do your best to persuade them. Do your best by praying. Do your best by pleading. 30 days, reach out. Tell them about Jesus. Tell them that he loves them. So many times I tell you that I've been around in circles where people are witnessing the folks and they're telling them all about their faults. They're telling them all about their wrongs. You know, that doesn't win anybody to Christ. Hello, what, we're try- what they try to do is, is they're trying to clean them up and then get them to church. Understand this, there's no perfect people even in church. Hello, no, we're not perfect. But here's the thing, here's the thing. What we do is simply let them know that God loves them. We don't do the cleaning. Come on, somebody. We don't do the cleaning. Come on, we let God do it. What we do is we pray for them. 
What we do is we are then persuaded, and then we want to convince them. We want to let them know we care about them. That's what we do. We plead for them. Lord, they're in your hands now. And let God do the rest. I said, let God do the rest. All right? And then lastly, connect. Oh, man, we want them to connect. You want to connect with that person that you've been trying to win to the Lord. So here we have. Here's, our, here's your plan of action. Everybody say attend. We want them to attend church. Then we want them to become a Christian. Come on. And then thirdly, say connect. We want them to connect with other people because, listen to this, write this down too. I'm just getting ready to close. I'm going to close, I promise. Proverbs chapter 27, verse 17. Write this reference down. Proverbs 27, 17. Notice what it says. It says this. I'll read it to you. As iron sharpens iron, so one man sharpens another. You know what it's all about? It's all about helping people to grow. It's all about helping people to grow. And I thank God for men and women that the Lord placed in my life to help me to grow. Am I perfect? No. But I'm growing. I said I'm growing. And we all should be about maturing. We all should be about growing. We all should lay a hold of God's promises and say, Lord, what does your word say about me? What does your word say about my situation? And help me. And here's the key. Let's look at the key together. Evangelism or to evangelize. And here's what I love about this key. This is so cool. This is when your evangelism has come full circle. In other words, the ones that you've been ministering to, the ones that came to the Lord that you've prayed for, guess what? Now they're going out and they're witnessing and bringing people to the Lord. Oh, man, that is so exciting. It's so exciting to see it, to know that God has used you to be a blessing in someone else's life. And so let me conclude by saying this. Pray. 30-day challenge. Take the challenge. Begin to make a list. Write their names on it and pray. Plead. And just go before God. Pursue. That means chase after them. And then thirdly, persuade. That is to convince. Will you stand on your feet as we pray and get ready to close? With no one looking around, If you don't mind, every head bowed and every eye closed. And let me share this with you as we stand and close. There's one more thing this morning. Perhaps there's someone here who isn't a Christian. There may be someone here who wants to commit, recommit their lives to Christ. And if you're that someone with no one looking around, with every head bowed, every eye closed, I want to pray for you. We want to pray for you. And the only way I'm going to know if that's you, you know where you are with Christ. You know where your life is with Christ. And right now, just slip your hand up. No one's looking around saying, that's me. Pastor, pray for me. I need prayer. I need to invite Jesus into my heart. I know I've come to this place in my life that I need to give everything to God. I need to give him my whole heart. I've been holding back. Now this is your time. Is there anyone like that? Raise your hand. Lift your hand up and say, that's me. That's me. And then secondly, how about recommitting your life to Christ? Man, you've been away from Father's house for too long, and now it's time to come back home. The Lord is saying, come back. He's saying, come back home. And I'm saying to you, if that's you, you want to rededicate your life this morning, slip your hand up and say, pray for me. Pray for me. Is there anyone like that this morning? Pray for me. All right, everybody look up. Hands didn't go up, but I trust that you're right with God. You know where you are with God. 
But I may encourage you and challenge you to take this message this morning and use it. Don't let it discourage you. Don't let it make you feel like, oh, I can't do that. Yes, you can. God will bless you. God will use you to reach out beyond these four walls, to reach out beyond your circle, to reach out beyond yourself and touch the lives of people. Remember, someone was praying for you. And look where you are today. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you for this opportunity this morning that we've had to come and to share your word. We thank you for your people. We thank you for our visitors today. Father, we thank you for our members, our regular attenders. Lord, we are so excited about what you're doing in the future, doing through us. Thank you, Lord, that we're growing, we're building, we're we're excited and challenged to do what you've called us to do here at Faith Christian Family Church. Bless everyone today, this afternoon. Father God, I thank you for keeping them safe, pleading the blood of Jesus over everyone, giving you glory and honor and praise. And we thank you for this in Jesus' name. Everybody agree with that? Say amen. Amen.